Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everyone, to Splash Damage, episode 97. I am your host, Scriven. I joined, as always, by my lovely wife and co-host, no. <laughs> Rayla. And welcome back, everyone. If you like video games, comics, TV, nerdy things, anime, stuff like that, and you just don't know what to think about it all, well, we have got the answers. We are never wrong. Our opinions are always right. So you have come to the right place. It's been a few weeks since we've done an episode. You know, it's summertime, vacation, all that good stuff. we got a few things to talk about. Um, some journalists are panning Final Fantasy 16 due to a lack of diversity. <laughs> They're also complaining about it being too easy, despite using the exact easy modes that they have been asking developers to incorporate in such games. Mm, yeah, Prince, Prince of Persia is going to be black now, I guess, so there's that. Um, some streamers uh, raised some controversy when they spoke out against uh, certain Pride-related things uh, in Pride Month of all, of all times. Of all times. Um... I don't know if we have time. We have some other smaller things we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, if you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scrivenaut and consider throwing some dollars our way. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Um, it really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, it motivates us to, to give you all the news you guys need to know and Absolutely. all the opinions. Absolutely. The concrete, never wrong opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, some people refer to them as facts. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Another term for them is facts. Uh, but uh, if you're not going to throw money our way, that's fine. Uh, we'll you keep suck. making the show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, just, uh, you know, tell a friend, you know, leave a review, write a comment on the show, you know, all that good stuff. It, it does it does motivate us. It, it helps the show uh, grow in popularity as well. But anyway, let's get into the, the meat of today's episode. Um, so a few journalists, surprising no one, are... Uh, are not too keen on Final Fantasy 16 that just came out. There are so many Final Fantasies. I know. Because it has a lack of diversity. Um, Eurogamer, quoting from part of their review of the game, which they gave a 60 out of 100, a smart combat system straining under the weight of a characterful but ponderous pseudo-medieval soap opera with some of the grandest bosses and dullest side quests in Final Fantasy history. Um... See what else here. Uh, Game Informer, quoting Game Informer's review: Final Fantasy 16 fails to say anything new or remarkable on this front. A miss made all the more glaring, given the main cast of Final Fantasy 16 features few people of color. Inspired by medieval Europe, a majority white cast commenting on and fighting against slavery in the systems that uphold it, with little insight or representation from the types of real-world people often affected by slavery is the biggest miss of Final Fantasy 16. You know, uh, for those of you who live under a rock and aren't familiar with Final Fantasy 16, it is a fantasy game. Each numbered uh, entry in the series is a new world, new characters, new setting, everything. And for Final Fantasy 16, 
they went the more medieval type of fantasy game, which means predominantly white people. Apparently in the game, there is uh, something having to do with slavery that uh, the main heroes find out is bad, and so they want to stop it. And for whatever reason, video game reviewers are looking at this game through the lens of the real world and saying how odd it is that in, remember, this is a fantasy game. It has nothing to do with the real world. It's weird that an all-white cast is fighting against slavery um, when white people don't experience slavery, which is doubly ironic because, number one, they're commenting on a real-world game as if it has anything to say, or they're commenting on a fantasy game as if it has anything to say about the real world. It doesn't. People need to stop viewing art through the lens of the real world. Uh, sometimes fiction can stand on its own. Number two, I hate the implication that only black people were slaves. Slavery existed long, long, long before uh, black people were enslaved and brought to America. Uh, white people were enslaved, uh, different races. Slavery exists in every culture, ever. Uh, and so to say that it's weird that a white cast is fighting against slavery and then tie it to black people in the real world isn't, is ironically incredibly ignorant because far, 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 far more people than just black people have suffered under slavery. It's even more ironic considering that Final Fantasy is a Japanese-developed game. Japanese people did not enslave black people. So it's almost cultural appropriation, one might say, to imply that a fantasy game made by Japanese developers needs to reflect on the transatlantic slave trade that affected black people who were brought to America. Nothing to do with Japanese people. Um, just, just hilarious. Just completely missing the mark. The Verge. Oh wait, before The Verge, let's do Polygon. Polygon, uh, one of our favorites. Final Fantasy 16 plot is one of more rote medieval fantasy tales this side of 1960. Although it takes clear and obvious inspiration from Game of Thrones based on George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, it takes all the fantasy tropes that Martin was commenting on and plays them totally straight. The result is a story largely about white Europeans discovering that slavery is wrong for the very first time. As far as I can tell, every nation of Valisthea depends on slavery to make its economy function. Magic users, known as bearers, are tested and enslaved at birth and giving a face tattoo so that everyone can always identify them. They are worked cruelly until they die, are, brought, are bought and sold, and aren't considered human beings by non-users of magic. Sid recruits Clive with the noble goal of freeing the slaves, but this comes with the tedium of you, the player, having to watch Clive come to the realization that slavery is wrong. It's a little uncomfortable to play as a guy who only realized it is wrong to own a human being about five minutes ago, even if the game goes to great lengths to show you that he was always nice to the slaves. Again, why is this uncomfortable? Um, we are talking about a fantasy world that, for all intents and purposes, could be uh, just as backwards as every culture that came before us in the real world that kept slaves. Why is it weird to play a game about the very human realization that slavery is wrong. Um, we thankfully grow up in today's era knowing that slavery is wrong, 
But it wasn't that long ago that people were coming to this realization in the real world, like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't own human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, to play that out in a fantasy setting, to me, sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see someone realize that slavery is wrong in a setting besides the real world sounds like it could actually be interesting and um, educational, even to a degree. And... Uh, I just don't. In in in, besides the fact that it's the story is clearly painting slavery in a negative light, mm-hmm. it's not like the story is condoning slavery. You play as a hero who's realizing that slavery is wrong. I mean, I just don't understand the complaint here. Are they really complaining that this game shows slavery as an evil thing that needs to be stopped? I mean, what do they want? It, do they want no slavery at all in in fiction? Of course. I just don't understand. Unless it's real, real slavery, like depicting real slavery, like. Well, then Historical you can't, be, you I can't don't know. be any version of white if you write that or create that. Like, of course not. You're in the wrong. Of course not. Um, not that any black people today would know what it would be like being enslaved because they weren't. Right. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. To them, they are still slaves, you know. Uh, let's see what The Verge has to say. The Verge. Final Fantasy 16's lack of diverse characters makes a huge huge world feel small. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like Game of Thrones, Final Fantasy 16 also fails when it comes to inclusion. Oh. Imagine comparing this to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is based on medieval Europe. It's based on the War of the Roses. It's based on uh, white Anglo-Saxon culture. Why does it need to include diversity? No one. We've talked about this point a hundred times on the show. No one looked at Black Panther. And Wakanda and said, wow, it sure is a lot of black people. Where's the diversity here? Mm-hmm. It's a black nation. The fictional world of Game of Thrones is a white nation. And by the way, half of the story takes place in Essos, which is uh, um, it basically is like a, a land that is akin to the Middle East of the real world, you know? So there is diversity. There are black people and, uh, and uh, I don't know. I guess, for lack of a better term, Middle Easterners that they depicted. Arabians. Yeah, sure. Um, they weren't white. People, The people on the other side of the sea were not white, and mm-hmm. half the show takes place over there, essentially. Um, but whatever. Um, the article says, Early in Final Fantasy 16's marketing cycle, producer Naoki Yoshida was asked about the apparent lack of inclusion of people in co- of color in the game. His answer wasn't great. <laughs> essentially stating that including people of color would violate the narrative boundaries established by the fantasy world the developers created. You know, I wonder if because the because the game has themes of slavery, they purposefully avoided uh, different races so no one could link it to real-world slavery. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, imagine if they put black people in the game and what do they do? Do they make the black people the slaves? Do they make the black people the slave owners? No matter which way you cut it, they're going to get crucified. Right. So they're like, let's just cut that out all entirely and make everyone pretty much white. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that's why they did it, but I could I could understand that train of thought. Um, earlier this year, the article continues, I had the opportunity to follow up with Yoshida about that answer, asking him if he had the opportunity to hear the response to his words um, and if he had anything to say to the fans of color that he upset with them. He said, I believe that fi- that with Final Fantasy 16, we weave together a variety of peoples and cultures set in this kind of sweeping fantasy narrative and world, and one that we strive to create with care and respect. 
We hope that when players finally are able to take up the game in their own hands, that they will be able to see what we've aimed for and will hopefully ultimately be able to connect with that unique experience. With the game now in my hands, I can finally see what Yoshida and the narrative team were going for. And I don't get the care or respect. The world of Velestia... Velestia, yeah, is made up of six countries, <laughs> yeah. each evoking a real-world counterpart. Sambrek, with its name and imperial designs of conquest, should bring to mind Neapolitanic uh, France, <laughs> while the crystalline dominion, with its loose alliance of free cities, screams Holy Roman Empire. And you know, Dalmechia is supposed to be reminiscent of the Middle East because the second you're introduced to it, all the colors shift from blues and greens to sandy browns and yellows and the merchant stalls swap out root vegetables for hookahs. But for all the stereotypical shorthands the game uses to scream at the viewer, hey, you're in the non-white place now, you can tell because men are wearing turbans, their swords are curved, and there's a sitar playing, Final Fantasy 16 fails to truly commit to the bit. Um, so it sounds like there is diversity in this game after all. <laughs> um, everyone in Dalmechia speaks with a cock... Cockney accent and passes the paper bag test with flying lack of colors. The darkest skin tone in the game is on Hugo Kupka, the dominant of Titan, and he's one of the bad guys. Oh, I love how they have to mention that. He's one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a trope nowadays to make every bad guy white. Yes. And one game breaks that trope and it's worth mentioning. And it's like a bad thing. Unbelievable. Um... The article just goes on and keeps complaining about it. I don't. I don't need to uh, hash it all out. But you know, just everyone, every um, every news outlet you can tell is saying the exact same thing. No one's talking about the gameplay. Everyone's talking about the fact that there's a bunch of white people in the game, and it just it just is so ridiculous to me. Yeah, I have no idea what this game's about. Even I still don't know because all they did was talk about the diversity thing. And so like. If I came in wanting to find out about Final Fantasy IV, I'd leave and be like, I still don't know about Final Fantasy IV. Um, Kotaku. Let's see what they had to say. Uh, if there's fault to be had, it's in Valestia's lack of diversity. Producer Naoki Yoshida told IGN in November 2022 that the design concept always focused on the historical, cultural, political, and anthropological standards of medieval Europe. In other words, these cultures are mostly different variations on familiar-looking white medieval patriarchies like Transylvania or England, and represented only a small corner of this world. The game's Dalmechian Republic, admittedly, is coded as Middle Eastern. Yet the Dalmechian dominant of Titan, Hugo Kupka, appears Caucasian. Well, that's funny, because I just read that on the verge. He's the only person of color in the game. So hmm. which is it? Yeah, someone get their story straight. The core cast, therefore, becomes overwhelmingly uh, homogenous. A more meaningful approach to diversity does not seem too outlandish in a world where a little blonde boy can transfer, transform into a giant bird of fire. You know what's also true? Uh, a lack of diversity does not seem too outlandish in a world where a little bu- blonde boy can transform into a giant bird made of fire. Mm. As a matter of fact, I don't think diversity matters at all. Not when there's a little blonde boy who can transform himself into a fire bird. Yeah. So anytime anyone critiques you about your creative fiction and the lack of diversity, be like, well, I have a little blonde boy that can transform into a bird of fire, so therefore diversity doesn't matter. So therefore, matter. shove it. Yeah. Um, just, just, just hilarious. Never good enough. Never good enough, man. 
Um, we talked about this on 80, uh, 80, uh, episode 87 of our show. Go back and listen to it. But uh, Kotaku, PC Gamer, and some others were writing articles at the time that basically said Final Fantasy 16 needs to include black people or it's not it's not a true game. I don't know. The game wasn't out yet, but they were blasting. This, game, this episode came out in... When was this? I can't even tell. Um, oh, November. Um, yeah, they were blasting it because it had uh, medieval Europe aesthetics and doesn't include black people. And therefore, it's sinful and bad. I mean, mm -hmm. people were saying the same thing about Kingdom Come Deliverance, um, which is a game that's actually based on real medieval Europe. And people were saying, where's the black, where's the people of color? And it's like, Hmm. Middle, middle, medieval Europe didn't have any people of color. It's the same thing here. This fictional world does not have people of color. Would it, would, if everyone in this game were black, do you think anyone would be complaining? Not a single person. Not a single person. Not a single person. Even if it was, like, even historically, this is fiction again, historically incorrect, no one would complain. Exactly. Um, so, as you can see, uh, the game's got an 88 metascore, which is not bad. Um, it seems like critics and users like the game overall um but just one other funny thing i want to bring up is i think this video comes from a polygon guy he released a two-minute video where he where he's playing final fantasy 16 and you can see the gameplay and then in the corner he's eating a sandwich and holding the controller with one hand and pressing the same button and in the gameplay he's winning this fight he's just pressing one button over and over maybe two um to win this fight and the joke is, you know, look at how easy this game is. I can play it one-handed. What's funny to me is that Polygon is notorious for being terrible at video games. Um, when they released video of them playing Doom, the person that was playing it couldn't even move their character at the same time as moving their, as looking in a different direction. And these are the people that are supposed to be reviewing Atroci video games. Atrocious. Yeah. People who as, cannot play. As bad as you, Norella. Okay. <laughs> this is my secret. And uh, that's not the only example. There's been several examples where they've been caught. It's like, you guys don't even know how to play video games, and yet you're reviewing them. Mm -hmm. And these same reviewers are asking developers all the time, please make easy modes for these games. I want to be able to enjoy them. So uh, what's funny is that he's painting this as, uh, as if this were the easiest or like an incredibly easy game. But what people have found out is that in the top left of the corner, you can see uh, indications that he has a bunch of things on that make the game much easier. Um, basically, he's got easy mode turned on. Mm -hmm. So he's painting this picture. It, it's ironic. The, this, this same company, the same journalists that have been asking for years for developers to make easy mode, then play the game on easy mode and complain that it's too easy and make a video like... It's a joke. It's just clickbait. It is. It's just stupid clickbait. Like, it's it's mind blowing because like the developers have finally given you what you asked for. Like, you, this game can play itself, which is what journalists need because they can't. They have no skill and can't play a game anyway. And uh, so movies, they should just get into movies. And then he makes fun of the games for that. It just it boggles the mind. Anyway, let's move on. Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. Um, they're making a new side-scrolling Prince of Persia game, and uh, the art came out for them. Now, Prince of Persia is a game that's been around for a long, long time. I think it was originally a side-scrolling game for maybe, maybe the original Nintendo, maybe Super Nintendo, I'm not sure, but there's been a lot of depictions of Prince of Persia. 
Um, how I remember Prince of Persia is the PS2 games, the trilogy, the Sands of Time trilogy, which was just stellar. Um, which I heard that they're remaking, but I've seen no news on that. But anyway, um, the new Prince of Persia game, don't even know what it's called, um, but they made the Prince of Persia significantly darker than any past iteration. And he's got black hair that's dreaded. Now, Persians are not black. No. Um, they're not fair-skinned. No, but they're... Definitely not black. I mean, they, they're olive-skinned. They, they look almost white. And almost their white. hair does not have the texture. No. I mean, anyone can dread their hair, but their hair does not have the texture that is normally pretty cohesive with dreading. Yeah. So, I don't know if this guy's the creative director or the artist or what. His name's Jordan Mechner. People complained. They said, um, why did you make the prince, you know, this iconic character who we've grown up with and seen in several different pieces of media and games, why did you make him black? And he uh, released a response and he says, I understand there's been some controversy about what a prince of Persia hero should look like. I think it's time for me to provide an official style sheet that everyone can refer to. Please see attached. I hope this helps settle things once and for all. It doesn't, though, because if you look at the image that he shared, it's a grid um, of 5 by 5, so 25 images of the Prince of Persia over time. Now, st I will admit that stylistically, every image is, is unique. Mm -hmm. You know, the first one is a side-scrolling pixel image of the Prince. The next one looks like a retro video game box art. Um, a few of these look like almost like Star Wars, uh, 1970s Star Wars poster type uh art um right in the middle is the sands of time prince that i fondly know and love and you can see that in all of these images the prince has light skin like real persians mm -hmm. every single one then there's jake gyllenhaal in there <laughs> who played the white dude playing this playing this boy <laughs> but anyway um i don't know what he was trying to prove with this i guess he thought by like showing all these pictures of different stylings of the prince in terms of art um people would just overlook the fact that he's white in all of these because if you look at his in the bottom right the black prince of persia it stands out he's oh i zoomed in on him i was like actually he looks more egyptian than anything but then you zoom on him you're like no he looks black yeah so um Oops. ironically i think he disproved his own point here he was trying i think he was trying to say you know the prince has been depicted in different ways throughout time so here's my depiction and it's fine but really he's what this shows is that everyone has been consistent that the prince of persia has dark hair mm -hmm. um, and light skin. Yeah. And I, there's only one exception to that, which looks like a really old anime cartoon where he's got purple hair, but that just looks ridiculous. <laughs> I can't even tell what that is. Um, so it's just it's just ironic to me. Now, I don't really care that the prince is, is black. I mean, I've gotten to the point now where it's like I almost expect race bending and everything. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why it's always white people to black. It is. I just don't get it. It's always. Honestly, I'd even be refreshed if there was like a white to Asian. I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. That's different. Yeah. Bless. So, anyway. <laughs> let's move on to uh, this news from Nick Merckx. Nick Merckx is apparently a video game streamer on Twitch. And he had some interesting comments during this here Pride Month. Let's read about him. So this is, an, uh, this is an article from Dexerto. On June 7th, a tweet went viral showing a large brawl outside of a school. It's, it's widely reported that the incident was caused by a school board decision to acknowledge June as Pride Month. 
The brawl resulted in three arrests. Esports casting legend uh, Puckett commented that after the fight, uh, that the fight had taken place not far from where he used to live, and that Americans are in a sad place right now. Let people love who they love and live your own life. Nick Merckx responded to Puckett's tweet stating, they should leave little children alone. That's the real issue. This response quickly sparked backlash, with some accusing Nick Merckx's tweet of being hateful towards the LGBTQ plus community. Mm. Um, I see I see what he did. I see that he tweeted something that seems very normal, and the result of that was 72,000 uh, trans or LGB alphabet people died instantly. Because <laughs> that's what happens when you say, like, a mean or, like, kind of, like, correct thing towards them. They are like, well, I've just been murdered. Like, I've, I've just been yeah. beaten. It's It's really weird to me. Like, I remember when I was growing up, people left all private things private from school. Like, you wouldn't go to school and start celebrating months or holidays or anything like that yeah um and now it's like if there's black black history month if it's uh pride month um like that stuff is signal boosted throughout schools like rainbow flags hanging in the hallway and teachers rooms and stuff like that they are indoctrinating your children Mm -hmm. and some parents have a problem with that uh that doesn't necessarily mean they have a problem with lgbtq plus people it means that they want that decision to not be left in the school's hands. Homeschool mm-hmm. your children, folks. Homeschool your children. Homeschool your children. But anyway, in early June, Nick responded to the backlash, clarifying that he did not intend to upset anyone and that he is particularly sensitive of the issues due to the recent birth of his child. He added that he stands by his tweet. All right. That's pretty based that he stands by it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see... Apex Legends community calls out Nick Merckx. The gaming communities where Nick is best known also had many voices critical of his tweet. Some fans called the tweet a thinly-veiled anti-LGBTQ dog whistle during Pride Month. Um, Yada, yada. Well, the drama gets more juicy here. Because apparently Nick Merckx has a skin bundle in the latest Call of Duty game. So because Nick Merckx, I, I guess, is so popular that he somehow partnered with Activision Blizzard, the people that made Call of Duty, and released a skin that looks like Nick. Something like that. I don't know. I don't care about Call of Duty. But apparently, after Nick Merckx's tweet, which is very innocuous, like he said nothing anti-LGBTQ. All he said was that the issue is about protecting children. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Activision Blizzard removed his skin from the game. Actually, yeah, of course they would um, so here's another follow-up article from uh, Dexerto. Uh, Dr. Disrespect, one of the most popular video game streamers of all time, has uninstalled Call of Duty and demands apology to Nick Merckx for removing skins. So this is great. So Dr. Disrespect, um, who has a lot of weight in the video game industry, his voice carries a lot of weight, he's standing up for Nick's Merckx. Nick Merckx. So, uh, reading the article, Activision shocked the internet community, uh, or internet, on June 9th by removing Nick Merck's operating s- operator skin bundle from the store in the wake of comments he made regarding Pride Month in schools. While the community has been split on the decision, with some siding with, the, with Nick Merck's and others agreeing with 
Call of Duty's actions. Dr. Disrespo- Dr. Disrespect has voiced his support for Nick Merckx. During a recent YouTube broadcast, the two-time uninstalled Call of Duty... They're missing a word there. During a recent YouTube broadcast, Dr. Disrespect uninstalled Call of Duty as a form of boycott and urged the company to issue an apology to the fellow streamer for their actions. According to Dr. Disrespect, Nick Merckx is a great representation of streamers and applauded him for getting his own skin in Call of Duty to begin with. That's a tough one. For what again, he said? So, what I gotta do, what we gotta do, is uninstall the game number one. Don't be mistaken, this year's Call of Duty is the worst in its franchise, but that decision by Call of Duty's PR marketing team, I'll tell you right now, that's a tough one to digest. Dr. Disrespect went on to add that Call of Duty needs to either publicly apologize to him or reinstate his bundle. Um, Otherwise, Dr. Disrespect won't even consider playing Call of Duty again. That's where I'm at. That's an embarrassing one, man. The banned Twitch streamer side. Um, The decision by Doc to uninstall Call of Duty comes amid numerous players quitting the game, citing poor decisions by the devs, with the Nick Merckx skin removal being the last straw. That said, Nick Merckx's first statement following the removal of his operating skin hasn't mirrored the backlash from the community. He instead thanked those who have supported him and stood by his original statement. So I applaud both Nick Merckx and Dr. Disrespect because the, the how it works nowadays is someone says something that's not offensive mm-hmm. but just goes against the mainstream. They are crucified for it, canceled mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. They see their livelihood diminish before their very eyes. Mm-hmm. And so they come out and they apologize. They say they're going to do better. Their apology is 100 times uh, more inflated than the offense was ever worth. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and that no one accepts their apology anyway. No. What I love to see here is that Nick Merck said something innocuous and, and not offensive. Um, and when the backlash started, he came out and said, hey, I didn't mean to offend anyone, but I stand by what I said. I mm-hmm. meant what I said. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, even though he's getting uh, his skin removed from Call of Duty, imagine being an executive who works for Activision Blizzard, which we've talked about on this podcast as being a horrible company that treats people horribly, mm-hmm. and going, hey, this one guy said something that goes a little bit against the grain of loving and tolerating and accepting everything the the queer community does. Mm-hmm. We have to immediately remove his skins mm-hmm. from the store. Which, that's a, an expensive decision. They have to pay someone to remove all that. They have to refund everyone who bought it. It's a nightmare. Uh, and they still did it. And he still doesn't back down. And then he gets the res- the, respor- the support of Dr. Disrespect. I just think it's great. I just think it's great. Yeah. Even, if, even if Call of Duty does nothing, the fact that they st- stuck to their guns yeah, for about sure. something that's truly important is just awesome. It's refreshing. Anything to add, Norella? No, I, I'm actually like really impressed um, that a super, super stupid popular streamer would come in. and Because they normally do come in and get themselves involved, but not... On, like, the defensive. Yeah. It's always, like, on the offensive. So and I like what he did. And he probably knows somewhere, like, in the back of his mind, he's like, you know, I know I'm not going to, like, they're probably not going to do anything based off of what I do. Or maybe some of my followers do, like, which mm-hmm. is uninstalling. Um, Call of Duty. Call of Duty, yeah. But it's the statement. And some if he is really as big and popular as it seems, him not playing Call of Duty anymore probably does draw some attention from Blizzard. Um, so... 
again, not that it might change anything, but it's just kind of the people like, that's kind of what's come down to now. Like what you say and do afterwards, like when you get crucified, probably isn't going to change anything. It's not going to change one's minds. They're just going to double down. But it's just like people now being like, okay, I'm going to stand up for themselves. Yep. I'm probably not going to have my skin on Call of Duty anymore. And that blows like that absolutely blows. But like I stick to my guns and I didn't like bow down to the masses and just having like, just knowing that like in your heart when you go to sleep at night. Yeah. I feel like that's a bigger reward. Absolutely. Uh, Call of Duty changing their mind or them having some sort of big apology that the queer community actually accepts. Um, right. So I find it impressive because that's that's all you can... That's where we're at right now is like, you're not going to change it. They're coming in full force, but you can like stand up for what you believe well, there in. Well, there was a... There was a protest recently. I can't remember where, where a bunch of drag queens were out protesting and they were literally chanting, we're coming for your kids. You know, the, the narrative has been for a while, um, conservatives and whatnot saying things like, protect our children, you're coming for our kids. And then people from the queer community and the drag queens and whatnot saying, we're not coming for your kids. We just want to, uh, we exist and your children know should know that we exist, but we're not trying to indoctrinate them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of conservatives have just stuck to the idea that, no, you are trying to indoctrinate them and, and brainwash them into into this and it's very obvious Mm -hmm. and now that narrative is obvious because Mm -hmm. you have them literally coming chanting we are coming for your kids but there is i have seen also a growing population of people within the drag queen and the lgbt community that are stepping back from it and being like we see like we like we were on their side but then we see that yeah they are coming for the kids and we understand why conservatives can't stand our community because we can't stand our community like we don't want to associate ourselves with this. We were fine living in a world where we had the right to marry who we wanted to marry. We got to live a very normal life, just fitting in with society. And now they're making us look like a bunch of idiots and they're taking away the thing that we wanted to do, which was literally just exist. Like that's what it used to be. Like trans people just wanted to blend in. Gay people just wanted to marry who they wanted to marry. And that was enough for them. You're right. And now it's this crazy thing. So like there's this huge group, it's called like gays against groomers. Yeah. And they're really big on like, you know, they, they, they're teachers and things like that and they're very adamant about like the kids don't know that I'm gay because they have no need to know that I'm gay and I don't push any of this on them because that's like one that's not my place two like I'm not the parent um, also like I don't want to yeah. like I don't want to I don't want to groom your kids because I actually genuinely care about children mm-hmm. and things like that so there is like you can see that there's even divide going on in that group because the people who were just like I just want to be here and live a normal day like anyone else is standing up to the group of people that are like, nope, we want to have it all. You're right, because back when um, when gay marriage was uh, made constitutional or whatever it was, mm-hmm. there was that big decision, you know, yeah. I don't know, six, seven years ago. I can't remember. I think, was it a Supreme Court decision? I don't know. But, you know, I'm not out there celebrating the fact that gays can get married, but I've always believed that gays should have the right to get married because I don't... Marriage today is nothing more than a government contract yeah that's all it is yeah now christians view it differently they they but it's still a government contract um if you want to be truly con- countercultural, we should be get, getting married in front of god and no one else including the government that's true but so i've always thought the government shouldn't have the right to say that two consenting adults can't get married mm-hmm. um same for polygamy if, if someone wants to get married to multiple wives the government should have no role in saying that cannot be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's their decision. 
So I've always been fine with gay marriage, but you can see the slippery slope. Yeah. You know, because back when gay marriage was approved, gays were normal, <laughs> for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. They, like you said, they just wanted the same rights as uh, straight people mm-hmm. and live straight, or not straight lives, but they wanted to be married and whatever. And now, just a few years later, that's not good enough. Right. They need to be perverts. That's what they, that's what they are. Not. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying all of them are, but like, just generally speaking, like, look at a pride... Go to a pride event today, a pride parade today. Mm-hmm. It's completely debased. It's There's really children like a, walking it's, it's around. It's like a big BD at SM It's a, it's a big pornography yeah. connection. I mean, you've got literal nudity everywhere. And then they just slap a rainbow flag on there. And, and they're they like, well, tr- this is pride. And they try and say that this is... They're trying to normalize sexual perversion. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's ludicrous sexual perversion. Um... And part of that is like drag queens coming to coming to children's storybook hours. They are trying mm-hmm. to push it as far as they can. Yeah. Oh, I heard something interesting. This is nothing kind of has what to do with our topic, but um, uh, the surgery that you can get to like have basically a woman can, to get her tubes tied, um, so she doesn't have babies. Um, a 28 year old woman went to a doctor and she was like, "I know I don't want to have kids, so I don't want to risk that." In having sex or anything like that like I don't want to put that on the shoulders of like a partner that I'm with to either have a visectomy or like to wear condoms or for birth control to fail or whatever so she's like I want to get my tubes tied and the doctors were like you're not gonna find a doctor who's gonna do that for you at 28 because we're pretty sure you're probably gonna change your mind so they refused to give her the surgery like she was legal she had like the funds to do it she has every right to do what she wants to her body like that's the whole big thing isn't it like my body my choice right so she has every right to do that like would I probably agree with the doctors? Like, what if you do change your mind? Like, this is an irreversible thing. But that's not my place to, like, say, you know? Like, I, as a doctor, you give her the, um, you give her, like, the stats of, like, here are, like, here's what you could be putting yourself in jeopardy of. You won't be able to have kids again. Like, here are all the, like, the, the pros and cons, basically. Like, that's a doctor's job. And then if the patient's still like, I want to do this, well, then that's their right. Like, they are the patient. But they said, no, no, we're not going to do it for you because you're going to change your mind. So they, like, refuse to do this for you. But, like... We're allowing, like, kids, like, you know, years and years before they even hit puberty and even more years before their brain fully develops. Like, we're like, yeah, let's integrate you into every sexual thing possible because, like, we want you to know that, like, if you think that you like something that's, like, even a little bit feminine, you're gay or you're bi or you're, or you're trans or something like that. Like, a 28-year-old woman can't make the decision to not have kids anymore because she might change her mind. But, like, a 6-year-old, like please throw them into a sex shop and just let them discover themselves. That is pretty, that is pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard things like that too. Like you won't find doctors that will tie, tie your tubes, but it's not that hard to find a doctor that will give hormones to a 13 year old. Or like cast, like, like drugs that will castrate you to like a kid after like meeting with them once. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we are getting off topic. The point we're trying sorry, to make sorry, here sorry, is sorry, that sorry. Uh, there's people that disagree with the hive mind and uh, they speak out punished. and they have power and we commend them for sticking to their guns. Yeah. Anyway, a uh, few quick things. Um, there's a recent controversy. We already know that uh, there's people that localize uh, anime. You know, they dub it right? yeah. and they sub it yeah. and they put their own interpretations into the subtitles. And uh, in... Boku no Kokoro no Yabai Yatsu, episode 10. Um, a character is thinking to himself, what, did I just start mansplaining fashion to a literal pro model? 
Well, the actual translation, Japanese don't have a word for mansplaining, so they just inserted the localization team put their own politically charged language into the subtitle. And uh, people complained. Now, it may seem like a small thing. I actually feel I'm getting deja vu right now because I feel like we've talked about this on the show. Maybe not this exact example, mm. but just about how localization teams like put in their own interpretations. So people complained, and I definitely didn't expect anything to come of it, but they actually did change the subtitle. Um, it used to read mansplaining. Now it says explaining. What? Did I just start explaining fashion to a literal pro model, which is closer to the actual translation? So... That's great that uh, people complained and it actually uh, resulted in a difference. Mm -hmm. But uh, the people that um, originally missed, missed subtitled that on purpose should be fired. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, you, most... li you literally have one job. Yeah. You literally have a very, yeah, very good point. That's their one job in the game. Your one job is to, and, and to do it like, that's gonna cause like more divide down the long run. Like you, it's it's almost like a disrespect to the language. Yeah. Like you're oh you're making the language what you want it to be. Like no this is this is the Japanese language. This is what it says. Like you should honor that instead of just making it what you want it to be. Um, more quick hits. This is a Marvel comic. Just just your uh, monthly example, guys. That Marvel comics are a train wreck. Well, pretty much every comic. This shows a uh, a girl, a chubby girl. Who wants to be a superhero. Um, in the first panel it says, when I was a kid, I did everything I could to get superpowers. Radiation exposure, um, arachnoid farming, and it shows her in a panel talking to a guy, and the guy's like, you have chicken pox? She's like, no, spider bites. And then uh, archaeology, and it shows her uh, in this panel as a kid. She's talking to her mom at a protest, and she says, can we get a backhoe so I can find a magical amulet. And the mother says, as soon as I get paid as much as your father. <laughs> okay. And then, let's see, it says, I invented a laser helmet. My teacher was unimpressed. Her teacher says, get back to your muffin project, Miss Morse. Um, and then it shows her growing up. She looks like she's a teenager now, and she's calling someone on the phone, and she's saying, hello, Oscorp? I was wondering if you had any human experimental trials starting over the uh, summer break. And uh, her narration says, they did, but my parents wouldn't sign the forms. 57 x-rays and I still wasn't radioactive. Jeez, what an idiot. What a moron. The reason she's not a superhero? Because she's dead. <laughs> and then the bottom panel is the best. I finally realized that I was being unrealistic. I could never be like my heroes. They all had something I didn't. A Y chromosome. Honestly, by then I had other things on my mind. Like most <laughs> girls my age, I was obsessed with, and then it goes to the next page. Who cares? <laughs> Women are just so stomped on. You know? <laughs> we just have no rights. What's so funny us. to me about this is anyone who reads Marvel comic books knows that there is a litany of female superheroes. Yeah. And yet, for some reason, this girl who lives in the world where there's male and female superheroes as common as cops or sports teams, uh, ignores all the women and says, nope, I can't be a hero because I have a Y chromosome, or I don't uh, have a Y chromosome. It's just, this is just victimhood mentality, literally ignoring the facts. She is pretending that female superheroes don't exist in her world, and so is the author of this comic. 
unless someone in the comic goes, hey, by the way, little girl, do you, your argument doesn't make any sense because there's a bunch of female heroes, which I guarantee you didn't happen, the author is just as guilty as the character they're portraying at ignoring history. That's it's like true. when, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence came out and said that she was the first female action hero in a movie. Oh, yeah. Or when people come out and say um, there's no strong female video game protagonists, when there's dozens... Lara Croft comes smashing in and hitting him up. Samus. I mean, you could you could just list them off forever. Yeah. But it's just hilarious that they... And then people buy this stuff. They fall for this. Like, this is, this is such a terrible argument because it's... Anyone can disprove that. You just think for five seconds. <sighs> My gosh. Anyway, uh, Harry Potter is, I think we have already mentioned this, but it's getting a, uh, a reboot that's going to be seven seasons long on HBO, I think. Um, so each season will be a book, and conceptually it sounds cool. You'll get to watch the characters grow up like they do in the books. But of course, because it's modern-day media, it's going to be ruined. Um, according to this article, I don't even know what site this is from, um, thedirect.com, Harry Potter reboot. Reboot. Uh, Warner Brothers reportedly eyeing people of color for lead roles. Uh, the article says, as Warner Bros. embraces a new reboot... Oh, so it's not Harry Potter. Oh, it's not um, HBO. It's Warner Brothers, I guess. Uh, wait, is this for the... Oh, no. This is... Okay. This is the same thing. Warner Bros. and HBO Max are doing this together. Okay. As Warner Bros. embraces a new reboot for Harry Potter, a new rumor may indicate a game-changing casting choice for one of its lead stars. Um... Warner Bros. and Max surprised everyone when it officially announced that a Harry Potter series was in development, complete with an entirely new cast, and a 10-year plan to more faithfully adapt the books. This announcement led to mixed reactions from diehard fans, especially after the Wizarding World's controversial creator, J.K. Rowling, was reportedly on board with the reboot. Um, in the latest episode of the Hot Mike podcast, entertainment insider Jeff Schneider, Snyder claimed that there is a concerted effort to cast more people of color in the upcoming Harry Potter reboot series. More specifically, Snyder noted that the role of Hermione could very well be at the top of the list when it comes to casting an actor of color. How much do you want to guarantee that actor of color will be black? Because she's a redhead. She's not. Ron is the redhead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but, it should be black. Yeah, actually, it's funny that they wouldn't gender bend Ron yeah. considering he's the redhead. Because <laughs> exactly. that is the trend. Um, moreover, the insider shared that some Harry Potter writers who will be involved could also be BIPOC. Interest, interestingly, this isn't the first time an actress of color will be, will be tapped to p portray Hermione. In the two-part play Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in 2016, black actress Noma Dumazweni was cast as Hermione. J.K. Rowling, via The Guardian, then defended the casting, noting that Norma was chosen because she was the best actress for the job. Well, no. If I don't know, I I'm of two minds of this. You you hire someone for their uh, their merit, but at the same time, you don't change the artist's vision. Now, if J.K. Rowling has no problem with it, okay, she's the artist. But I think it's really weird to. What if they made Hermione a man? Because Hermione was uh, the the person who applied for the role was a man, and that was the best actor for the job. Yeah, people mm. would be like. Well, you can't bend her gender. Well, why can you bend her race? Right. It's the same principle. I think so. So, I don't know. Um, 
yeah, I just, I, I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, not that I was anyway, but like it, it just in modern day, this race betting. And how much you want to bet Drackle Malfoy, is that his name? Yeah. He's going to be the whitest character on that show. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of racism and gender bending or race bending, um, a Little Mermaid fan received backlash for depicting a scene from the new Little Mermaid movie. Um, using the white Ariel. Why is this article not loading? I hate our everything. Inter- our internet went out. Oh, that's just great. Well, let me pull this up on my phone. Um, please hold, everyone. I pulled it up. Can you read it? Yeah. The whole thing. The Just Little Mermaid fan artist accused of racism, whitewashing for drawing classic Ariel in a scene from live-action remake. And yet another example of just what happens when identity politics are given any amount of leeway. A fan artist has been accused of whitewashing Halle Bailey's version of The Little Mermaid after illustrating a piece depicting the original animated version of Ariel in a scene featured exclusively in the live-action remake. Uh, born from artists cami you lose love of both versions of the film the piece in question sees an animated ariel and her beloved sidekick thunder recreating a shot from the live action film's performance of under the sea wherein bailey's version of the fictional mermaid can be seen landing on a bed of pink jellyfish sharing their art to twitter um, she proudly declared really love this moment in the live action movie i wanted to draw a cartoon ariel in this image so it's literally apparently just an image from the movie the live action movie but she made it a cartoon and ariel looks like ariel from the original movies and flounder looks a little bit more original because have you seen Flounder and Sebastian from the live action? It's terrifying. <laughs> it is something you. haunts you. Yet you. despite um, Camille Luz specifically stating that her piece was intended to pay tribute to both the Little Mermaid films, even going so far as to reply to their original tweet with the specific live action shot that they had taken the inspiration from, numerous fans of the re- recent remakes dis- dis- remake accused the <laughs> artists of racism for drawing the white Ariel in a shot exclusive to Bailey's incarnation. So she posted like where the screenshot from the movie itself. And she's like, this is the original. This is where she pulled her uh, inspiration from. Babes, this is a shady, this is shady considering the hate Haley has received because of her race slash skin color playing Ariel. Um, Sunset pussy declared at the original animated version and lot and tons of fan arts um, already have Ariel like this. It looks good. But the fact that you would be so oblivious um, as to why this is sort of weird is telling. So that was another tweet, uh, and then another fan or another person. You don't, you don't have to read the whole thing, okay. but this is a bounding into comics uh, article. But yeah, it just kind of it reminds me of the. Um, you remember when we covered that girl who they they added black hairstyles to Animal Crossing, and a girl who had a white character in Animal Crossing used the yeah. Afro puffs hairstyle, mm-hmm. and she called them space buns, and everyone crucified her. Yeah, it's giving me that vibe mm-hmm. where it's like. The idea of encroaching on black spaces is completely inappropriate. Yeah. But you know, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, uh, they encroached on white spaces. If we're going to use that horrible language, right? Um, which is funny that I say that encroaching on white spaces sounds horrible, but we can say encroaching on black spaces and no one bats an eye. Yeah. But I digress. Mm-hmm. The point I'm trying to make is that Ariel was white first. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with depicting Ariel, the white mermaid, in a scene from the new movie. And to crucify someone for that is just ludicrous. Yes. Anywho's. Um, racist people. Just last racist. thing before we let you guys go. Uh, Gal Gadot. Am I saying that right? I think so. 
Uh, she's based, guys. She's based. <laughs> um, good push. Thanks. Um, so this is from Movie Web. Heart of Stone star Gal Gadot rallies against Hollywood's obsession for gender-swapping male characters. Dang. Gal Gadot is all for females taking the lead in action movies, but not if it is just a gender swap of a male character. So the article says, Gal Gadot has already played some tough female characters on screen, and in Heart of Stone, she is adding another action heroine to her roster of impressive roles. Her role of intelligence operative Rachel Stone is one that is being already being compared to being the female James Bond. But while there may be similarities between the two, Gadot is not on board with the Hollywood trend of taking a male role and gender swapping it. Uh, for that reason, she wanted to make sure that Rachel Stone was a character built on her own DNA. Hmm. I wonder if there's something to be said about taking ex existing characters and race swapping them. I wonder. She says, or the article says, speaking with Total Film ahead of the action movie's release, Godot addressed the way Hollywood is constantly taking male movie characters and gender swapping them without thinking about how the characters should be different beyond just their gender. She said of Heart of Stone, I wanted to show a great story about a female character who is doing it in the action genre. She is thriving, but at the same time, how many times have they just switched gender? They take a story that all that all about the men and they just change it to a woman and then go shoot it? To me, it was so important in the DNA to make Heart of Stone a little different because men and women are different. They're built differently, they operate differently. No way! Acknowledging differences between the genders? What? Cancel this woman. She says, having spent many years as Wonder Woman, it is not surprising that the actress feels passionate about bringing strong female characters to life on screen in their own right. With so many movies taking what is seen by many as the lazy option of piggybacking the success of a male-led franchise but replacing the lead or leads as females, Godot's perspective is one that Hollywood should try to listen to. You know, uh, Absolutely strong, agreed. Strong female lead is a, is a terrible reference, but when she played Wonder Woman, now Wonder Woman's always been a woman, and Wonder Woman, her... Her ancestry is is a race of just warrior women, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, so that is like legitimately in all of its essence, like actually genuinely a strong female lead. Yeah. Like that's where the race came from. And so Wonder Woman comes in as her own entity of a strong woman. Like she is not a you know, she's not a she's the female version of Superman. She's you know, right. whatever. She's she's just Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And I agree with her when it comes to the sort of thing. Like she doesn't need to be a woman James Bond, like Alias, you wouldn't see people doing Alias in the man version, right? Because Alias was a BA fighter all on her own. Right. And so I, I know you, I couldn't agree with her more. Yes, I, yes, you're absolutely right. And, and I'm glad people are finally saying it out loud that what it is, is piggybacking on someone else's success. Mm -hmm. Instead of making um, new characters mm -hmm. and new ideas, Hollywood is just regurgitating the same stuff but throwing in different races and different yeah. uh, genders. Wouldn't it be cool if her Rachel Stone character all of a sudden became this brand new, like, like what do you think of when you think of, like, agents? Oh, James Bond, Rachel Stone, and, you know, what if she became, like, her own entity? Like, yeah. that would be super cool. You know what? We need to watch Atomic Blonde, which is a movie that came out, I don't know, four years ago or so, and it's a spy movie with a female lead that's just excellent, mm. and... I loved that movie and I wish it went, I wish it had more success because it's an example of a character, a female character that stands on her own merit. It's not nice. taking an existing character and making it, like I love when creators take creative risks like that and push the boundaries and um, you know, not just regurgitate the same stuff. So. Yeah.
Uh, but that's all the time we have, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, again, patreon.com slash Scrivenaut. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll catch you guys later. Yeah, bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.